Hey, what's good, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Bone Wazette Podcast with me, your favorite Wazette, Jeff D. Malvison. I want to welcome everybody to the neighborhood. So tonight, in tonight's podcast, we're going to talk uh, Week 2 NFL action. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go through a rundown of all the games, recap. Um, we're also going to do Week 2 of college football. I mean, so many great games uh, that happened, uh, including an incredible catch that had to get a second look. So let's get into it. So in week two of the NFL action, we had the Falcons and the Buccaneers. Um, Tampa coming off a win against the Cowboys. The Falcons coming off a loss against against the Eagles. But this game was close. It was close to about midway through the fourth, and then Matt Ryan threw back-to-back pick sixes. Um, but my takeaways from this was Gronk. I mean, Gronk was in midseason form, especially for a guy who retired in 2018. He was out of football. I mean, he he looked like he didn't miss a step. Eight for ninety, two touchdowns in um in the season opener. And then today, two more scores. So I I mean that's the last thing for a defense to see, you know. Gronk and Brady, they're on the same page. That's a scary sight for often for defenses. Next up, Dante Fowler. Um, he almost di- he disappeared pretty much, uh, planning his Donovan. He did have that strip sack against Brady, but after that, they, the Falcons' defense, it was it was next to nothing, especially given they have a a questionable secondary outside of AJ Terrell. I mean, this, I, <clears throat> it's hard to say what the Falcons are going to be this year. They could lose double digit games given how they're playing. But it doesn't look good for that defense. Um, number three is that Tampa defensive line with uh, Vita, especially in the um, in the interior, Vita Vey and Dominican Sue. They're very effective. They they collapsed the pocket against Matt Ryan all day, um, preventing him from getting comfortable, which is why he threw those interceptions. Um, <clears throat> it's also another reason why Devin White was able to run free. So it, this is a this is another scary tandem, and look for the Bucks to keep improving. I know their their secondary is a bit questionable, but that front seven is probably the best in the NFL. Next up, we got the Cowboys and Chargers. This was an exciting game. Came down to the wire, but the Cowboys won twenty to seventeen. Um, the kicker, Greg Zerline, he bailed out Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy did a a questionable clock management. He called a timeout, the final timeout with a couple seconds left. Um, which put, you know, Zerline in an odd spot. You know, he had missed a couple of field goals in the in the first game, but he got some down the stretch. He he got he bailed them out. Um, the second, my second takeaway was Tony Pollard. He's clearly, I'm not saying that he's better than Zeke Elliott, but he gives them more juice in that run game. Um, of course, Zeke had a solid day, 71 yards, but. Tony Pollard, he's the X factor on that offense. I mean, he had 109 total yards. Well, he had 109 yards on 13 carries. Really, 140 yards total. He, he again, he's that X factor, especially when teams key in on Zeke Elliott. I like that the fact they put them on the field at the same time. It's it's very effective because you now you can't focus just on one guy. Next up is uh, Justin Herbert. He made some ridiculous throws all game. Um, I mean, he was looking like Patrick Mahomes out there, making some throws that were just crazy. But 
other than that, the Chargers lost another close game, which it seems to be the theme. At first it was special teams, but now it's just these close games they constantly lose. At some point, something's got to give. But the Chargers are one of those teams, they can compete. It's just the close games they keep losing. Next up, the Bills, 35-0 on the, over the Miami Dolphins. Um, Tua left with a rib injury, and you know, backup Jacoby Brissett, it wasn't, whew. It was a long day for Miami. Let's put it that way. But it was an easy day for Josh Allen. Uh, you know, dominant run game. Devin Singletary. Um, he found Stephon Diggs in the end zone. On a throw that maybe a couple quarterbacks in the NFL can make. Other than him. Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. He rolled out right, threw to the left, and he found Stephon Diggs in the end zone. Um... Still, the Bills, you know, after that bit of a letdown in week one, they're back on the winning ways for week two. Uh, my second one is, uh, what happened to that Miami offensive line? I mean, whew, Tonga Vailoa got knocked down. I mean, he got he got killed before, you know, he had to leave the game with a rib injury. Um, you know, they tied, the Buffalo tied six sacks, and I mean, I, I don't know what's up with that Miami offensive line. Uh, wake up call, wake up call for the Bills. The actually no, wake up call for the Dolphins. They just sleepwalked through that first quarter. I mean, nobody laid a hand on Devils Singletary's forty-six yard run. On special teams, they gave up twenty yard uh, return. Isaiah McKenzie, and now it's down. They're down fourteen nothing in the first half in the first quarter. And then you asking a backup quarterback to bring you back. That's that's a recipe for disaster. So. If Miami wants to do a better job of getting back to their winning ways, they're going to have to do a better better job of getting off to fast starts. So next up, we got the Bears and the Bengals. This was an exciting game, but for a very different reason. Justin Fields, you know, entered the game. I know people have been clamoring for him to enter the game, I mean, enter, you know, being the starting quarterback, but let's be honest. Right now, this is Andy's Dal- Andy Dalton's starting job. I know Bears fans, you hate to hear that, but the Bears are a playoff team. I don't think starting Justin Fields right now was the answer. Starting Andy Dalton, he's a capable quarterback. I mean, the guy has been to the playoffs many times. Um, he's a solid quarterback, you know. <clears throat> but, you know, Fields got into the game. Andy Dalton got hurt. Um, he played okay. It wasn't pretty. You know, 6 of 13, 60 yards through an interception. Um, of course, he had a... He had a couple of plays were negated by the penalty. Allen Robinson dropped a um, deep throw that should have been a touchdown. Um, I expect how how bad the injury is to Andy Dalton. We don't know, but Matt Nagy might you know start uh, Justin Fields. We we'll see, we'll see. Um, other than that, Joe Burrow he had a oof, he threw three. Con- Three interceptions on consecutive passes deep in the second half, uh, including a pick six to Roquan Smith. He, I, at this point, we I don't know what is it about the Bengals. They have talent. Um, will they regret picking Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell? We'll see. Only time will tell. But clearly they need help on that offensive line. Um, questionable play calling or... And, you know, he's probably still feeling the effects of that ACL injury. But whatever the case may be, whatever the case may be, the Bengals need to 
ramp it up pretty quickly. Um, Roquan Smith. This guy is a stud. I'm surprised he wasn't on the top 100 list, top 100 players in the NFL. I mean, he, his first couple years in the NFL, this guy has been a menace. Um, he's a free agent, obviously, so he, he's in line for a huge payday. Look for him to be the highest paid linebacker in the NFL. Next up, we got the, the Broncos and the Jaguars. Uh, Broncos winning 23-13, 2-0. Looks like the decision to start Teddy Bridgewater was a good one. Um, you know, he, he found Noah Fant, he found Tim Patrick, um, they gave up, they pretty much dominated the Jaguars, 400 yards in the Jaguars defense. So now I see the formula that the Broncos are trying to do, play great defense and just have a capable quarterback play. That's all that Teddy Bridgewater does. He's a very good quarterback. Not Nothing against Drew Locke, but he's a... Teddy Bridgewater is a very capable quarterback. Next up, Trevor Lawrence needs help. Um, he attempted way too many passes. Um, James Robinson didn't get enough carries, which is not a great development for the Jaguars. Uh, also didn't help his receivers, didn't get a, a, not a lot of separation. And, but he's already thrown five interceptions this season. And for the Jaguars to to move anywhere but anywhere but up, they need to balance it out. The running game, and then it opens up the passing game. And then you play great defense. That's how it always works in the NFL when you have a rookie quarterback. Play great defense, have a, have a solid running game. So the pass rush for the Broncos um, didn't do well. They, they were okay. You know, the Jaguars offensive line led by Cam Robinson, Juwan Taylor did very good against them. Um, you know, it's you know, it's a lot to ask of two tackles to deal with two monsters on the on the outside, but they did surprisingly well. Now we just hope the rest of that offense can do better. Uh, New England. New England beat the Jets twenty five to six. You know, uh, a forgettable day for uh, Mac, uh Zach Wilson, you know, making his home debut. I know they were probably booing him. He threw four interceptions. Um, he is that he from watching the game, I could tell it's not like Sam Darnold seeing ghosts, but you could tell that he was that New England confused him, which Belichick's defense tends to do. So he was you could tell he was trying to play hero ball, which he did not need to. What he has to learn is that. Well, yes, you do have to play hero ball, but you also have to be smart. They did run for 152 yards on the ground, so that that was a that was a you know a light at the end of the tunnel kind of day for them. Um, what I also I like to what I love from this game a positive for the Jets their defense showed some life. Um, you know. They they showed a lot of fight. They maintained their intensity for four quarters. Um, they they really just, I mean, you could tell with Robert Salah as the coach, you, you could tell their defense is going to play hard. Now it's just enough for that offense. They need more playmakers on that defense. I like Keenan, um, Quinnen Williams. I like Marcus May. Um, they need help in that secondary, though. But 
other than that, you know, they held, they sacked Jones three times. They forced a fumble. The Patriots went three and 12, three for 12 on fourth down. I mean, on third down. So in spite of the offense inability, the defense played very well. So that I'm pretty happy with. So next up, we're going to go to the San Francisco 49ers beating the Philadelphia Eagles 17 to 11. I know my boy Marcus is probably listening right now. He probably may not want to hear this. But, hey, that, that 49ers defense is a very stingy defense. Um, Fred Warner. Fred Warner, stellar tackling. The guy is a great player on that defense. <laughs> they have tons of good players on that defense, but he stands out. Probably the best linebacker in the NFL. The best linebacker that you've never heard of, Fred Warner, in my opinion. He's a very good player, and they 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 knew that while Hertz did some damage with his legs, the passing they they stopped that passing game, held them to eleven points. So, kudos to the Forty Nineers defense. Um, offense, the Forty Nineers offense grinds it out. Um, you know, it wasn't pretty for the Forty Nineers on offense. Um. Garoppolo made some uh, some solid throws. He missed a lot of he missed a lot of them, but again, the problem with Jimmy Garoppolo the deep throws. Um, but he did well. He managed the game. He managed the game, and what's surprising is Trey Lance didn't play a snap. So, hmm, could we be seeing something of a trend here? We don't know, but for now, Jimmy Garoppolo he's he's done well. I remember in their Super Bowl year, he did very well. He didn't. The thing about Jimmy G, he doesn't scare you, but he's efficient. He's kind of like Alex Smith. He doesn't throw a great deep ball, but he's efficient, and he wins. In the NFL, that's all. That's really all I care about. As long as you win and you play efficient football, that counts. Now the Cleveland Browns, uh, one and one, they beat the Texans thirty-one twenty-one. Um, Baker Mayfield had a very good game, 19 of 21, 213 yards, touchdown and interception. Um, Cleveland's offense didn't really get going until Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt got going. So once that happened, they put the game out of reach. Um, Chubb ripped off a 26-yard run. Um, This is how the Browns are going to have to win. Run the football. You have two great backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And play, and play solid, efficient football on defense. It worked for them last year. Now I would like to see them go back to it this year. Cleveland, that's a that's a trendy Super Bowl team. Once Odell comes back, they're they're a team to watch out there in the AFC. Now the Texans. Now I know there was a lot of you know people saying, oh, the Texans can go two and fifteen because they don't have Deshaun Watson, but. This is a team you shouldn't count out, man. Tyrod Taylor played very good. He hurt his hamstring. Um, you know, Mark Ingram and David Johnson, they ran hard. And, you know, this quarterback, Davis Mills, you know, I thought he was a bit of a reach in the third round, but you know what? He played He played okay. He played okay. And one thing that I like about the Texans, they show that they're not a pushover. Their their defense, even though they don't have J.J. Watt, they still got Whitney Merciless. They have Zach Cunningham. They got um, uh, it's like a kid. I forgot that kid's name. Johnson. You know they got some players on that team. This is no pushover. Um, 
Now the Browns uh, on that defense. They allowed Houston to convert 7-13 on third downs. A lot of it because they failed to make the open tackle, tackles in the open field. Um, they didn't get enough pressure. Um, the only sack they got was Grant Delpit on, the, on a safety blitz. But other than that, they let the Texans do whatever they want on offense. So, again, if they want to win the AFC North and make the playoffs again, make a deeper run to the playoffs, you know, I believe they're a Super Bowl contender. They're going to have to fix up, especially the second of their defense. Now, Carolina Panthers win over the, um, win over the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you know, I'm beginning to think the Panthers are for real. Now, now, the jury's still out on Sam Darnold. He's still, I think he has to still play better, make a little better throws, but he did, he did very well today. Their defense... Their defense, especially that defensive line, led by Brian Burns, Hassan Riddick, Morgan Fox, they got some. They they played very well against an offensive line that has all pro talent. You know Ryan Ramchek, um, Teron Armstead. I mean those are all pro players right there, and they made them look bad. They sacked Jameis Winston. You know, they sacked Jameis Winston a lot. Made him get. Uh, they sacked him four times, 10 QB hits, two interceptions. Um, obviously, Alvin Kamara didn't have a good game, 30 scrimmage yards. I mean, hey, you couldn't ask for a better day from that defense. Um, the Saints' defense obviously didn't look good. Um, well, obviously, with Lattimore, Davenport, Garden Johnson not playing, you know, the Carolina Panthers capitalized on that. They allowed 305 yards through the air, 89 yards on the ground. Um, it, it's hard. <laughs> it's funny. It's hard to believe they got Aaron Rodgers to struggle, but then Sam Darnold was looking like Aaron Rodgers of old in week, in week two. So that's uh, – but here we are, though. Also, that, that balance. I think with the Panthers found that balance – you know, they uh, credit to Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator. This guy's gonna be a head coach real soon. He devised a scheme where you can get your playmakers the ball on the outside and let them work. DJ Moore, obviously, you know he gave the rookie Fitz, whoever uh, Adebo, the rookie that was matched up against him, gave him Fitz. You know, eight receptions, seven nine yards, and a score. Um, McCaffrey, 137 scrimmage yard on 30 touches. And, um, you know, this is, I think this is what the Panthers are. Run the football, efficient passing game, very good front seven. If the Panthers want to make some noise, if they want to compete with a team like the Bucks, the Saints, this is what they're going to have to do. But great win today. Another one is uh, the Rams against the Colts. Uh, Rams winning 27-24. You know, Carson Wentz got knocked out with an ankle injury. Um, Matthew Stafford, apparently he's been the missing piece to that team. Um, Cooper Cup has now become Matthew Stafford's favorite receiver. Nine for 163. I mean, it's 
it's obvious. Cooper Cup, he's a guy that slept on that slept on in the league. He gets open. The guy just constantly gets open. I don't know how he does it, but he gets open. He's faster than you think. Trust me, ask ask the Chicago Bears what happened. Um the Colts, 0-2 start. Now it's obviously it's obvious the Colts, you know, they had a tough first two games. You face the Seahawks and you face the Rams. Those are two tough teams. So the 0-2 start, that's, that's, that was to be expected. But the opening drive, they had first and goal from the one, gave it to Jonathan Taylor, stuffed three times, and Carson Wentz was sacked on fourth and goal. They... I, I don't... It's hard to, I don't know how long Carson Wentz will be out, but it's, it's safe to say that this team looks a lot different when it had Phillip Rivers. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but we'll see heading into the season. Now, my third takeaway with the Rams on defense, it starts and ends with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, two of their best players on that defense by far, two all-pro talents. Two top five players in the NFL. I mean, Aaron Donald, total menace in the trenches. He led the goal on stand. He chased down Carson Wentz. Um, Ramsey then sealed the victory with the interception of Jacob Eason. Um, obviously, they lost a lot on that defense, losing John Johnson, but who's their defensive signal caller. But when you have two of the best players at their positions in the game, the Rams are in, are in good hands. Now the Raiders and the Steelers. This was a very good game. T.J. Watt suffered a groin injury. Um, Derek Carr played very good again. I don't know why people hate on Derek Carr because he's a very good quarterback. He was 20-37, 382, two touchdowns and a 126 passer rating. He shook off an injury and led them to a, a road win. I mean, this guy... This guy has been so... He's been under fire for so long, but he's been late so good. Last year, an efficient year. He had a very good year, 4,000 yards. And yet people still hating on the guy. I don't get it. Um, Steelers' offensive line didn't do well protecting Big Ben. Um, of course, Trey Turner's ejection for spitting, that didn't help. Um Big Ben was sacked. He threw an interception. Was sacked by Solomon Thomas. Um, you know, Najee Harris couldn't get going. Only 38 yards on 10 carries. He did have that great stiff arm though on Jonathan Abrams. That was that's something you have to see again. It was, but it the Steelers you know got to get back to playing Steeler football. Um, Now, the Raiders, that receiving core, outside of Darren Waller and outside of uh, Hunter Renfro, you know, that first, game, that first game, you know, Zay Jones catching the um, touchdown pass in overtime, R- Brian Edwards catching a pass. But this time, one of their first-round picks stepped up from last season, Henry Ruggs. You know, I always thought, eh, you know, why did the Raiders pick him? But now I see why. A 61-yard touchdown. I mean, this guy just... And he turned on the Jets. Darren Waller, five catches, 65 yards, even though he was constantly double-teamed. Hunter Renfro, um, you know, 
obviously a, a trustworthy third down target. Uh, Brian Edwards had a touchdown, but he continued. He can he's continuing his upward trajectory. Foster Moreau came came with a touchdown. And he did all this without their top running back Josh Jacobs. So this was a nice win and a tough place to play. Hmm. So obviously week two we got a very good week. Uh, actually no, yeah we got a good Monday night matchup, the Lions and the Packers. Um, both teams coming off. Well, the Lions came off a. You know, there are no moral victories, but they, they played well, even though they lost. Um, the Packers, I don't know if they didn't show up or didn't care. But this is going to, you know, this be an interesting matchup. Look for Aaron Rodgers to have a back, bounce back game, him and Devontae Adams. Um, look for that running game, especially look for that defense to have a very good game. Now for the Lions, Jared Goff, he's going to have to put this team on his back. Um, that defense, especially without Jeff Okuda, who ruptures Achilles, they're going to have a tough time. I don't know who's going to guard Devontae Adams, but look for the Packers to win 35-20. to 20. So right now, currently, it's the Chiefs and the Ravens playing right now. Chiefs up 14-7. to 7. Already, uh, you know, it's going to be a tightly contested matchup, but, you know, hopefully I pick the Chiefs to win 28-21. So we'll see how that goes. Next up, we have college football. Now... There was a very, some very good matchups, especially the Saturday night game. The Saturday night game, which was, <clears throat> which was Penn State and Auburn. I mean, that was a matchup that whoever did the scheduling for this game, they deserve a raise because they had the whiteout game. Um, you know, all the bright lights. Saquon Barkley was there. And Penn State won. They're three and zero, twenty eight to twenty. Um, Sean Clifford had a fishing game, twenty eight of thirty two, two hundred eighty yards, two touchdowns. Um, Jahan Dotson, ten catches, seventy eight yards. Uh, the tight end Brenton Strange caught a touchdown. Tyler Warren, North Kane ran some scores to help the Nittany Lions beat an SEC opponent at home for the first time since nineteen eighty five when they beat Alabama. Now. For them to win, they had to make two late defensive stands to hold the lead. And <clears throat> so they obviously, with Ohio State losing, I truly think that Penn State and Michigan are the teams to beat. They're obviously the team to beat in the Big Ten. But I can't wait to see Wisconsin play Notre Dame at Soldier Field. That that's gonna be a that's gonna be a big test for them, but right now it's a two-team race: Michigan and Wisconsin. No, Michigan and Penn State. Well, you throw Michigan, you throw Michigan State in there also. They're gonna have to play Michigan at some point this season. So they beat Miami. Um, that so Big Ten should be one to watch. Um, another matchup that I liked was the Oklahoma Nebraska. This is some old Big Twelve. Old Big 12 rivalry. Um, this was celebrating the 50th anniversary of the game of the century uh, when Nebraska won 35-31 in 1971. Um, they rewarded the fans with a great contest, but the play that I can't get out of my head, the play I can't get out of my head was the one-handed catch. I mean, it was, that was something I've, I've never seen before. It had everybody speechless. It had 
it, I mean, I, I got to say, it was better than Odell's catch. It was a fourth and 18 play. Adrian Martinez was right, going to his right. He threw it. The cornerback jumps with his right hand, one-hander, and scoops the interception. It's crazy. That was, I mean, oof. That, that, that's something special right there. And after that, another game that, that I was really interested in was the Florida-Alabama game. Now, this came down to a two-point conversion. And Alabama holds on 31-29. Now, I will say this. Bryce Young, this kid could win the Heisman. He played well in a difficult place to play, the Swamp. And you know what? He had the confidence. He had the confidence to, it was a crazy atmosphere. It was really loud, but he kept that team going. Now, on defense, this is um, a scary sight on defense for Alabama. Because Florida with Emory Jones are very good. Now, uh, it's going to be interesting who's going to win the SEC East. But I can't wait to see another rematch between Alabama and Florida at the SEC championship game, much like last season. Um, last season, Alabama won the SEC title game 52-46. But this game shows me right here that maybe Alabama isn't the team to beat in the SEC. I could be wrong because Alabama has had some games like this before and always seemed to rise above it and then sweep and win a nation, another national title. But, you know, this is going to be, you know, this should be an interesting season for Alabama. Um, again, with with a new quarterback, they got new weapons, new offensive line, new running back. Um, they're gonna they're gonna face some adversity going into the season. You know, they still got to play Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Arkansas, so they have some tough games ahead. But um, look for mark my words. Remember this uh, podcast when I say Alabama and Florida will meet again for the SEC title game. So with that being said. I want to end it on I want to end it on this note with my tip of the week. I know I put up a tip of the week on Instagram, but the another tip of the week I wanted to put up is never compare yourself to anybody. Don't look what somebody else is doing, but always do you. Cuz you don't know what kind of journey they're going on. Always remember the journey that you're going on. And always do you. So if you if this is your first time hearing the podcast, hit that subscribe button. And if you like what you heard, if you like what you heard for a long time subscriber, I want to thank you because without you guys, this podcast would not be possible. So I will see you guys next week and have a wonderful Sunday, everybody. Yeah.